Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. I want you to be expectant because something good is about to happen to you. This is the grand finale all right, of our teaching series for this month, I want you to be expectant because listen, everything that God has in his curricula for you will be deposited in this service. All the rest, all the residue that you are yet to receive is about to be credited to your account um, and be invested in your spirit. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Okay, so now listen, I want you to be expectant you're going to be so blessed. And I want to start <clears throat> by reading to you a text that you know very well. And I want to draw your attention to something very important. Turn your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 60 from verse 1 to 3. Okay, so Isaiah chapter 60 from verse 1 to 3. It says, and I read, arise, shine. It says, your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. He says, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. He says, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory shall be seen upon you. He says, the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Listen, tonight we are concluding our teaching series, Babylon, Mammon and the Believer. And we are holding on to, hinging on to the prophetic word that gave us, that God gave us for this year. Saying that this is our year of light and that this year we will distinguish ourselves. And just the same way a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, that the activity and the supernatural advantage we have in God will be obvious to the world. And listen, this is a good place to begin. Because many people to begin with don't even have this mindset. You know, that what God does in you will be obvious to your world. I mean, look at what he says. He says, the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon you. It shall be seen. Something noticeable. A lot of people like to play church. They don't understand supernatural advantage. They don't understand um, the practicality of what we have in God. But this text says, the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon you. And listen, I know that there are so many deep, spiritual, um, inquantifiable things that we have in God that cannot necessarily be appreciated in carnal terms. But here he says, the Gentiles shall come to your light. Meaning, thank God for all the things that um, cannot be substantiated. You know, that we have in God. We have the gift of eternal life. And yes, we are like him right now, though we do not yet appear. But when he comes, you know, it will be clear to the world that we are like him. However, there is such an advantage that we have in the immediate. Something that the Gentiles can see. And imagine if you had that mentality, that consciousness. It's something to have. Listen. You've heard the story before. A lot of um, Christian public speakers give this illustration of a guy who went to a barbershop and, you know, some of you know what I'm saying. Sometimes in a barbershop like that, you just like to engage um, the people that are in, are in the shop and you talk about sports, talk about things of life generally. 
and then they begin to talk about religion. And then the guy who was giving him a haircut says, well, I don't really believe in God. And so the Christian who was having a haircut says, why don't you believe in God? And he says, very simple, if there is a God, how come there is a lot of bad things happening in the world? How come all these terrible things are happening? And the Christian felt a temptation to just draw out his apologetics 101 and begin to give fast replies. But he had a different idea. He just kept quiet. And after a while, he just looked out through the window and he saw a lot of people, you know, begging arms. And he saw them looking very rough, tattered clothes. Um, and then they had a rough, rough haircut. They looked like they had not had a haircut in decades. And that was a flash of lightning for the guy receiving the haircut. And he says to the guy giving him the haircut, he says, I don't believe there are barbers. barbers. And he's like, what do you mean? Are you kidding? You are receiving a haircut from one right now. You are, in, you are in a barber shop right now. What do you mean you don't believe? He says, if there is a barber in town, how come there are so many people out there without a haircut? And then the barber, not immediately realizing what he was doing, what his customer was doing, began to explain, of course, because they need to come in here and they need to request the service. But as he was talking, he realized he was answering logically the doubts that he had in his own heart about God. You see, there is a rule of the spirit called expectancy. Just because there is a God does not mean that it will matter on your account, that it will benefit you. Listen, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It says, he that will come to him must first believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek. So there is that consciousness that we, make, we must have when it pertains to God. We must see how he benefits us and how he changes our lives. And that's not to say that our faith in Christ is transactional. No, I'm simply saying don't limit God. This is the difference. It is transactional if um, your faithfulness is predicated on your assessment of how well God is doing for you. That's a different thing. But I'm saying, on the other hand, if God wants to show up in a particular area and you are not expecting it, it will not work. So you must understand it. If you don't believe that God wants to bless you financially, you're not going to see financial blessings. I wish I had enough time to teach on this. Listen, when God was calling out to Moses, Moses saw the burning bush and it came closer. God said, said something very important and life-changing. He said, take off your shoes because the place where you are standing is a holy ground. Listen, now, that drew Moses' attention to pay more attention to where he is. And this is a law of the spirit. You can be on a holy ground and in the middle of a lot of spiritual activity and not be conscious of it. So what God does is to draw our attention so that we can receive the possibilities of the spirit that are at our disposal. So Moses, if you don't know where you are, you will not benefit from that spiritual encounter. So he says, take off your shoes. So now that stirs up a consciousness in Moses. Okay, now I know where I am. As a child of God, you must be conscious. For instance, if you're not conscious of the power of God, it won't matter much that you have power. 
If you are not conscious of the possibilities of God, you will look just like everyone else. But he says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priest to the holy nation, a peculiar people to show forth the praises of him, the virtues of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Case in point, this is the last service this month. And there are things that you are very likely expecting you know, maybe you want to turn around in your career. I'm talking about beyond, of course, um, your vibrant work with God. He says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. And we've been using Daniel as a course study. Can the testimony of Daniel be replicated in your life? Can you stand, up, stand out in the Babylon of your day and become so relevant, your gifts become so sorted that you become irreplaceable. For us as a ministry, our goal is not just to preach it, I mean, a nice sermon, and you say, ah, oh, that was powerful. What matters to me is this. How have you taken what we have shared from God's word, applied it to your modern day present context and reality to see a change? Paul says, I commend you to God and the word of his grace able to build you up and give you an inheritance. How has the word that we're sharing with you changed and shaped your life? You have to be conscious. Listen, don't play church. If you were just an observer and you were looking at the Bible, you will notice something. And I think I said this in passing three weeks ago. You look at characters like Daniel. You look at characters like Joseph. You look at characters like Solomon. And the thing they had in common is this. By the wisdom of God, they became so relevant that kings began to seek for their service. I mean, just think of the queen of Sheba saying, I observed Solomon, your wisdom and your administrative gift, how you order your servants and how you serve the tables. He says, I observed it and there was no spirit left in me, meaning I was so overwhelmed. How is it that the wisdom of God at work in his people made kings come from far? So it turns out that what Isaiah 60 verse 1, the context of which we might spend a lot of time debating theologically, if it had just a context in salvation or a practical context or both. But it turns out, as it pertains to the practicality, that this is something that God has done before. That God blessed Solomon so much that a queen came from far to hear his wisdom. Listen, that God um, separated Joseph so much, he was so important everywhere he found himself. Until he could stand before a king, interpret his dream, solve the political and economic problem of the nation for the next 14 years, and save his entire family and country in doing so. You know, when you think about all of this and you bring it to your own context, is that something to expect? Because if you are looking objectively, if the Bible is anything to go by, at what God did in the lives of these men, you want to say, I mean, if this happens in my day, ah, by the wisdom of God, I can become so valuable. And this is something I want to talk about briefly the wisdom of God. A lot of people don't know how to receive from God. You have been praying about your career. The question is, do you know how God intends to answer that prayer? If you are asking God to give you money, know this for sure, God has no money to give you. 
Just imagine you saw someone who claimed to be God and he had cash in his pocket. It would be very weird. You know, first and foremost, that cash should be counterfeit. God doesn't print money. Because God is just. So listen, all the money that you want is in the hand of someone else, a human being. And so what the Lord does when you pray is that he puts in you the wisdom so that you can position yourself to serve people so that you can legitimately, by managerial skills, get that money that you want. A lot of people don't know how God answers prayers. So when you're praying for favor, when you're praying for a financial turnaround, you're not going to wake up and see dollars on your bed. You know, that's not going to happen. If that happens, the DSS is going to arrest you and question you for many days, you know. And if you tell them you woke up that way, they're not going to believe you. So what happens is the supernatural births in you a wisdom that is operative, you know, in an administrative sense. Something administrative. You need to learn to pay attention to that. Here is what a lot of people don't know. Just the fact, just because it is supernatural does not mean it is impractical. So supernatural wisdom does not mean you won't be able to explain how it happened. <laughs> Do you understand? So you can be praying and God will say, invest in this. Or partner with this person. Or volunteer with this company. So um, the fact that it is supernatural does not mean it is impractical. God is going to give you something practical a strategy, something to do. For instance, what did Joseph say after interpreting the dream? He said, let us save the first seven years so that in the next seven years of farming, there would be enough. Now, saving is just a is just simple managerial skill. But the nudge to save came by a supernatural instruction. So a lot of people don't understand that. God is going to give you a supernatural instruction that you will manifest in practical terms. So this is what to invest in. This is how to save your money. Let me tell you something. If you think all you need to do about where you are currently is pray, you will be there for long. When you pray, open your spirit to the instructions of God. Open your spirit to the directives of God. And that's why a lot of people pray and they feel frustrated. They feel it's not working because they don't know how to receive from God. God gives you wisdom. Wisdom makes you valuable. And your value brings money. That's how it happens. I take that again. God gives you wisdom. Wisdom makes you valuable. And that value brings money. So like Solomon, you begin to attract kings. Like Daniel, you begin to um, attract kings. P kings discover something outstanding about you. All right? I wish I had more time to talk about that. But I will just move on. There's a lot more to say. The people that I talked about, apart from managerial skill, they also had a st strong work culture. Work culture. They're going to have to learn to work hard. You're going to have to learn to work hard. You know, uh, give it your best. 
Let me just say this. All the money you are looking for lives in the house called scarcity. What do I mean by scarcity? When you find yourself in a place where you can see what people scarcely see or handle what people scarcely handle, that's the definition of value. So, if you want to um, become great, you have to look for scarce value, scarce resources. All right? Why is gold valuable? Because it is scarce. You, you can't just see it on the surface anywhere in the world. All right? You're going to have to dig for it. You're going to have to refine it when you find it. There's a process involved. And so that's where hard work comes in. If you are too replaceable, easily replaceable, no one is going to pay you enough. That's just the simple skill. So the more you get better, all right, your value becomes enhanced. All right, and your offering, what you offer becomes scarce. That's the only way Gentiles will come to your light. All right, because there is something about you that they scarcely see or they've never seen before. So you're going to have to work hard in it, either to create an entirely different niche. That's what scarcity would be. So when you look at tech, the tech world, you see breakthrough technology or, you know, new ideas, all right? Or even what is common, what is already being celebrated, you do it at a high level. That way, you, I mean, you become a specialist. And so your value is enhanced and they give you a lot more. I'm, I said that to say this. Listen, you need to put on the work. Invest in yourself. Don't be quick to pat yourself on the back. If you watch any, um, any music competition on TV, you will recognize a big problem amongst many people. And that's that we exaggerate the value that we offer. When you hear someone say, I'm, I'm a singer, I've been singing since I was a child, and they say, sing. And the person puts on, you know, you know, I mean, you're wondering, what's this buffonery? You know, I'm sorry to say. You know, you now recognize, let me tell you something. What you see amplified in those freak shows <laughs> is what you see at a smaller level in many other people. Have you seen many people who exaggerate how good they are? You don't even see, you're not benchmarking properly. You're not seeing what your mates are doing. All right? You don't want to stand out. You don't want to put in the work. You are just too content. And that's the problem. Listen, we are talking about standing out in Babylon. Something that can attract the attention of kings. You know, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to put in the work. And that's a good place to begin. However, um, before I move on, I want to draw out something very important and just follow my train of thoughts, just in case you have not been following. I started by saying you must have a great sense of expectancy when it comes to God. See what he has done in people in the Bible. Position yourself to expect the same. Know how to receive from him, especially as it pertains to finances. He's going to give you wisdom, and that wisdom is going to give you value, and that value is going to bring the money that you want. 
Alright, something else I want to point out. Then I talked about hard work briefly. Look at Matthew chapter 5 from verse 43 to 45. Very simple principle here, but it's life-changing. And I don't want you ever to forget this. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 43 to 45. Jesus is speaking. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, Pray for those who despitefully or spitefully use you and persecute you. He says that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends his reign on the just and on the unjust. Listen, so this looks like a deviation, but it has everything to do with money. All right. What am I saying? This text was talking about the benevolence of God, the generosity of God on all humanity. That even though there are many people who are wicked and he wants them to repent, he will not cause his son not to rise. Imagine if all the bad people, their clothes don't dry. You know, that you will, even, even if you dry your clothes for one month, it will not dry, you know. And your neighbors don't have that experience. But that's not the reality in the world that we are in. So, both the wicked and the just, when they wash and they dry their clothes, it will dry at the same time. And he's using that to explain the benevolence of God and using that as an example. As it, as it pertains to industry, if a wicked person puts seed in the soil, puts manure, follows all the procedures of agriculture and horticulture, his plant is going to germinate. Angels are not going to stand on it to resist its growth just because he sinned yesterday. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when, when it all comes down to it, the principles of financial increase are the same whether you are in Christ or not. That's why, don't wonder why you look at Forbes list and there are very few Christians there, if any at all. All right? Because the principles are the same. Why, you say? Because God causes his son to rise both, both on the just and on the unjust. That's why. That's why. And so what God does for his children as a supernatural advantage is to give them practical money management skills. The only supernatural advantage in, 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 in that is that he might make them see things that they will not normally see, all right, or carry out a venture or invest in a venture that they would normally not invest in. But the, the, the principles will remain the same. They will still have to work hard. They will still have to save. They will still have to invest because God causes his son to fall, to shine both on the just and on the unjust. That's why that Muslim girl was doing better than you in school. You know, and you will pray before your exams, but you will not study and they will still pass you. So you have to understand that our prayer is an advantage. All right. But if you don't understand the basic principles of financial increase, what you have is a bullet without a gun. That's what you have, a bullet without a gun. So you have something potentially, potentially lethal, but you don't know how to deploy it properly. This is why a, Christian, a lot of Christians don't know, really. 
you know, why they it seems like their prayers are not being answered. You're, you're going to keep praying. But you're going to have to pay attention to how God will now guide you to understand general principles of increase. And I want to give you some as I move on. I want to talk about saving. 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 As a child of God, you're going to have to learn to save. Let me tell you this. I mean, think about this. God gives Pharaoh a dream. Joseph interprets that dream. And the interpretation goes thus. There will be seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. And Pharaoh says, so what do we do about it? Joseph doesn't say, let us pray. Let us pray that the seven years of famine will be turned to seven years of plenty. A lot of Christians don't understand this. There are some things that prayer will never do. Take this from a person of prayer. There are some things that prayer will never do. So what the Spirit of God will tell you to do is to save. I know you are prayerful, but do you have savings? Oh, you think, okay, for instance, think of emergency funds. That's something you must, you must have savings for. Emergencies. That you are a believer doesn't mean there won't be emergencies. That you are a believer. Some people who don't know the Bible were asking, ah, if there's a God, why was there COVID? Are you serious? Did you read the Bible? There were a lot of pestilence in the Bible, a lot of famines in the Bible. What God did was not to make sure it didn't happen, but to position his children to thrive in spite of it. That's what God does. God will not stop the famine. Listen to me, children of God. Let me say that again. God will not stop the famine. Let me say that again. God will not stop the famine. And because you are a child of God does not mean, all right, the same chunk of money will keep coming consistently. You will need managerial skills, all right, to take advantage of the windfalls that you experience so that at times when it is not coming out the same way, you will still have plenty. It is sense. And God causes his rain to fall both on the just and on the unjust. His sun to shine both on the just and, and the unjust. So listen, you have to position yourself in terms of wisdom for savings. You must know how much of your income will you save every month? Those are the questions you must answer. Someone says, I don't receive enough. Let me tell you something. You won't build the culture just when more money comes. I know how frustrating it is to save when you don't have enough. And I'm not saying all you need to do is save. Long and short, listen. Here's the logic. If you don't save, no matter how little, there will be opportunities to change levels that you will still not be able to cash in on because you don't have capital. Every time you don't save, you prolong your stay in that level of financial scarcity. You have to understand opportunity will come. And if you don't have savings, it will meet you unprepared. You will see a good business deal to invest in. That equipment you need for your career, there will be an opportunity to buy it cheaper. 
you know, or they, they will just announce Black Friday. How many of you saw Black Friday and you still didn't have money? That we appreciate it though, you have slashed it too. We don't still have. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? But listen, when you have savings, opportunities will now be important for you. You'll not be able to take advantage of them. So that's why you must have savings. Children of God pray, but they don't know how to interpret the visions that they receive in prayer into practicable managerial methods. Like Joseph to say, okay, let us save. Let us save. Because guess what? The fact that you know how to dream and the fact that you know how to interpret dreams will not be enough if you don't save. That's what Joseph teaches us. He says, but fools gulp down theirs. The wise store up, but fools gulp down theirs. Let me read it to you from the Living Bible. The Living Bible says, the wise man saves for the future. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen Christians who will not save? Why? You say, the Lord will provide. That's not Bible wisdom. That's not Bible wisdom. That's not Bible wisdom. It says a wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. Let me tell you something. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me give you a wisdom. Have you noticed when money is in your pocket, you will just be excited. Someone will just smile at you and say, ah, my guy, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> Have you noticed? You will just be happy. Any, I mean, all of a sudden, you're, you're just excited. It looks like it's a trap of the enemy that until you have finished that money, you just, your body will just be itchy. But here is, here is another thing I've noticed. There's some people who have more money than you do that are very shrewd, you know, and still know how to. I heard the story of two guys who were talking. If not for the kind of the reputation of the person who told the story, I would have thought it was not true. But this man of God told the story of two people who were talking, and one of them was saying, ah, thank God, though. Um, it was bragging, actually. We just rented this building, you know, for our house, and we are paying so and so million. And the other person said, ah, thank God. You know, I'm happy for you. May the Lord keep blessing us all. And said, amen. Only for that guy to go, and then months after, discover that the person he was bragging to actually owns the building. Actually owns the building. <laughs> you know, so you just wonder. I, I remember, I mean, I was in this very luxurious hotel and I was just like, wow, you know, I'm glad I was able to, you know, come here, you know. And then it just occurred to me, he's someone that owns the hotel. <laughs> and so, listen, when you receive money, you must learn to expand your mind. Expand your mind. And realize your ceiling is someone's floor. And if you don't expand your mind, you will remain where you are. Your ceiling is someone's floor. Expand your mind. So, you, you must now renew your mind, all right? 
compared to where I'm going, what I want to achieve, I'm still broke. The reason why you spend the way you spend is because your mind has tricked you to thinking you have money. All right? That's why you have to be a person of vision. A person, of, a person that has no vision will settle too easily. Will settle too easily because you don't really have anything you are going for. That's why 500K seems like a lot of money. That's why 10 million seems like a lot of money. That's why 50 million seems like a lot of money. So you are going to have to save it because a wise man does what? He saves for the future. But he says a foolish man will squander it all. All right? So don't be foolish. And don't, it's not by saying I'm not foolish in Jesus' name. You, you know, you have to identify yourself in the word of God. So right now, you just look at it and say, ah, right now I'm foolish. But after this sermon, I won't be foolish again. You need that honesty. Ah, I'm foolish. Wow, this is me. This is me. Once I have money like this, you have to identify yourself. <laughs> That's where it all starts. All right? Another thing I want to talk about is investment. 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 I know you are pray prayerful, but learn to invest. Learn to invest. Um, and I, I want to start with this text because that also identifies something. A lot of Christians like to act as if they're totally exempt, you know, from the normal procedure of things. So, I mean, as a child of God, when you are pregnant, you will still carry that baby nine months, hopefully. <laughs> Do you understand? There is still, there's still a procedure. It's just, there's a way the world is. And you will see supernatural advantages, just like what I was telling you about God not stopping the famine in the time of Joseph. You know, in the New Testament, the Bible says um, people were fellowshipping together and then the prophet Agabus signified by the Spirit that there was going to be a drought, there was going to be a famine. And what did they do? They sent relief. They saved up money, sent relief. So they didn't begin to prophesy, there shall be no famine, there shall be no famine. You understand that? And there are also laws of investment. Some of you wonder, I'm a believer. Why did I invest money and it went down the drain? Let me tell you something. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Read your Bible. You may be Isaac, you dig a well, the Philistines will come and seize it. It doesn't mean you are not prayerful. It just happens. And so you must have, I've taught on this before, you must now have the tenacity to go again. Because let me tell you something. God prepares us for greatness many times by allowing us fail. If God does not allow you fail sometimes, you will not grow. You will not grow. You will not grow. And it is just in this part of the world, the kind of desperation that we have, the mentality of desperation that we have, that's why we think we must always make it the first time. There is, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine doing well in business. I said, there is almost no successful businessman that has not failed in something. He corrected me. He said, there is none. Because me, I was being modest. I said, there is almost none. <laughs> he said, there is none. So you are a child of God, but sometimes you will learn the hard way. Listen, 
Anything you put money in and it does not work, you didn't lose the money. What you learned, you can, other people can pay for, for research. So now you have information how things will not work. <laughs> A lot of people are willing to pay to know how things will not work. It's just that in this part of the world, we don't really value research. Listen, that now going forward, you've learned something. That knowledge is valuable. So when it comes to investment, you have to be circumspect. You see, it's that kind of humility that you need so that you won't fall into trouble. Some of you, you, you know, because you are prayerful, you feel you are untouchable. That's why they, they catch you. Some Christians are so gullible. I, I, I just can't get to my mind. I, I, I want to talk about this. How can you receive a DM, supposedly, you claim to be following me, our ministry, and you think that me that you know will send you a DM to ask for money on, Inst on Instagram, and you couldn't check the profile. Listen, you are following my real account, oh. Another fake account with 100 followers followed you and asked for money. And then you thought, I opened a new account to beg for money. How does that make sense? Then, um, then they say give to an orphanage. Then the name of the orphanage is Chukweze um, Stanley. Does that make sense? Listen, there is something about the believer or religious people that just makes you so you, you are gullible. <laughs> you, you know, you are gullible. Maybe, oh my God, I'm going to teach on this one day. I know you have angels, but know the, feelings, the police station close to your house. Just know it. Have a number there so that if someone is trying to break into your house, as you are speaking in tongues, you are dialing, dial someone. All right? What protective measures do you have? Because listen, he causes his son to shine both on the just and on the unjust. You must have principles. Also, I'm a man of the miraculous. I see miracles every day. So I'm not saying this to sideline the miracles of God. All right? So as it pertains to investment, you will see why I'm saying this. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 2. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 2, it says, invest in seven ventures. Aye. <laughs> invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. It says, you do not know <laughs> what disaster will come upon the land. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Let me tell you something. No matter the anointing on your life, you have to understand, you can't always tell how things will go. So as a child of God, the wisdom of God will, will give you the ability to reinvent yourself. Ah, you didn't hear what I said. I said the wisdom of God will give you the ability to reinvent yourself. So COVID came and shut that line of business. Reinvent yourself. Start a new one. Change your offering. Or change your venue. Move it from on-site to online or something. But if you think that because you are a child of God, it must happen the way you envisaged. You don't know how the world works. You just don't know. 
Because sometimes God will tell you, Joseph, there is going to be a famine. Don't pray about it. Plan. There are just some wisdom. You want to invest in Forex. I know you are good, but keep your mind open. <laughs> because there are people that are smarter than you that lost money. You want to invest in Bitcoin? You know, I know you, I know you have done the projections. A lot of people are saying, you are even mentioning celebrities that have Bitcoin. Keep your mind open. <laughs> and all, of, all right, for things like that, do it for the long term. Do it for the long The money that you will use to eat next month is not the money you will put in Bitcoin. For God's sake. So, you just need to understand. All right. Plan. Because the Bible tells you in the book of Ecclesiastes 11, 2 that we just read, you don't know what disaster will come upon the land. No sense. You don't know. That's just the truth. That's just the truth. Another thing is, you have to learn to take baby steps when it comes to investments. You've heard the quote, little drops of water make a mighty ocean. The, maybe the reason why you have not done anything or you are not even seeing an increase in your finances is because you are waiting for a big breakthrough. That's why. The Bible says in Proverbs 13 verse 11, Proverbs 13 verse 11, it says, dishonest money dwindles away. It says, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. So, little by little, you gather little by little. Little by little. You know, I was watching a movie. Um, and there was a guy who became a billionaire in dollars, dollars and he didn't even know. He didn't even know when it became... Let me tell you this, and I'll just say this in passing. There is um, a quarter... An amount of money I had been desiring to cross, you know, just in my head, in my, in my spirit. And sometimes you just feel, okay, that money will just come. Someone will just give you, and yeah, I thank God for big miracles like that. I've seen many big miracles like that, even this year. But the reality of the situation is, for someone who is an entrepreneur who invests or, or whatever, when you have investments in many different places and they are growing little by little, cumulatively, you cross that quota and you don't even know. So the guy sat on his table, that movie I'm talking about, based on a true life story, and just did his calculation. And when he did his calculation, he dropped his pen and said, I'm a billionaire. You know, that was when it dawned on him. Because, listen, it will come by intentional, progressive steps. A little here, a little there. A little here, a little there. So you have some money in treasury bills and then you have some money in forex and then you have some money in this time and age, in this country, if you don't have foreign currency, even if you are saving money, you are losing. You have to understand, you are losing money. <laughs> you are losing money. Anybody who understands the system, so let me advise you, save in dollars. It doesn't pay to save in Naira anymore. Even if it's, you say, ah, I don't really have much money. Even if it's 200K, convert it to dollars and keep. Because you are losing money every day. Your money is losing value. 
There are things that 200K could buy January that it cannot buy now. That's a fact. 200,000 Naira, there were many things it could buy in January that it cannot buy now. So even if you kept 200K in your account and you're happy that you have saved, you're losing money. All right, so those are just some wise steps. All right, but then you must learn to just have several investments here and there. When I loan people money, I loan people in dollars, I collect my money back in dollars. If you don't agree, you don't agree. It's not by force. <laughs> I don't collect interest, but I collect dollars. <laughs> you say whether you say it's interest or not, but I collect dollars. Because if I give you the money, it has, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. All right. I'm not saying you have to do that. Just a personal principle. I will give you, if you, I mean, dollars, give me back the way I gave you. Mm -hmm. So that's something you might. So just spread your money. Have things that you can do. Be, be smart about it. There's something called Ajo. <laughs> Try it out. All right, do all those things. Well, I, I hate Ajo personally, but please, how do you translate Ajo? What's the financial contribution? But there's even, there should be a more. What? Thrift, thrift collection. Okay, yeah, thrift collection. That's a fancy name. But if you're Nigerian, you know what a joy is. <laughs> All right. So that's that's something you should pay attention to. Another thing I want to tell you about that you must know that a lot of people don't know <laughs> is relationship. Relationship. They might not really teach you in your finance class, <laughs> but it's relationship. Let me tell you something. I don't know the percentage that people say it is, but about 5% of the world's people control 95% of the world's money. I think the, the statistics are even more ridiculous than that. And let me just tell you this. No matter how hard the majority of people work, only a tiny percentage of them will join the 5%. Because when it all comes down to it, what really makes the difference is not just hard work, but relationship. Amongst that 5%, the percentage is smaller. I remember I was looking at the last time I looked at Forbes list. In the top 20, there were four from the same family. So it's lower than 5%. You have to understand that 5% is father, mother, uncle, brother. You have to understand. There are some rooms you will never enter until someone inside opened the doors for you. Someone inside must open the door for you. <laughs> you, have to, you have to understand. So, one skill you must master, which many people, the average youth in this country is proud. <laughs> proud, because they're just like, hey, you have money, we all have it. I know you are right. <laughs> but sir, just learn to position of yourself as a person of value. Listen, let people be able to count on your work ethics, your integrity, your loyalty. Learn to be there for people. And don't even be there for them to gain anything. Just learn to be there for them. Because see, there are levels to these things. Someone's change is the, your saving for one year. 
that, ah, sorry, I don't really have money. Take this. Ah, you don't really have money. <laughs> oh my God. A friend of mine told me a story of someone who learned how to play badminton. <laughs> and he was playing badminton, rich man's game. That's the thing. You, you are playing soccer behind your house. That's why your life has not changed. <laughs> we, we shot Nika, play soccer. Please learn better game. Go and learn how to play golf. Go and learn how to, so that you will meet people that are. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> if you like laugh, shall do what I'm saying. So, this guy was playing badminton and then this guy, he was playing with this guy and this guy said, ah, you play very well. You know what? I have a badminton court in my house. That's sign one. When someone says, I have a badminton court in my house, you know, um, come to my house. You know, let's play. Then that's when his whole village people, you know, decided to be on his case because his car broke down on Todd Milan Bridge. And so this wealthy guy was calling him, where are you, where are you, where are you, where are you? You know, but he was so frustrated, pointing, you know, buying bag of pure that radiator issue. Eventually, when he got to the guy's house, he just broke down with tears. He says, sir, I'm frustrated. I'm a graduate. No money. This, this, died. You know, so, and then, I, I won't talk much, but the guy, um, he was talking to, happened to be general manager of um, the biggest retail food store. You know, chain of restaurants in Nigeria. You know, and in West Africa. So he just said, okay, I'll do something simple for you. You are going to supply us flour this year. <laughs> Maybe you don't understand. And I don't want to mention the company. So what's the budget? I think it's at three billion. You know? Do you understand what I'm saying? So and you have to understand from where, where, where that GM is coming from. It's just small. Okay, I, I want to help you. Do you understand? So... so just want, I just want to help a young guy who knows how to play badminton. Okay, supply flour for us. And then, you know, agile young guy, he went, did his calculation, discovered that it even, the market value of the flour that the other person who had been supplying the flour was supplying was even about 50% that price. So he was telling the guy, I can supply it for this. He said, don't be overzealous. Don't, don't overpromise and over underdeliver. Just... You know, long and short, that guy started making billions in profit every month. I'm not talking about a story that, you know, he showed this friend of mine a lot. It's not a matter of, no, no be mouth. So, no be mouth. So, this guy's life changed. He was mesmerized. He didn't know what to do. Every, I think every year he was buying a house outside the country for this guy. Just saying, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. But whether you like it or not, his life has changed. So that, when it all comes down to it, so start practicing relationship. So when you stand before kings, do you understand their language? Do you understand or no? Are you the kind of person that will feel comfortable around? Or would they have to watch you, you know, watch their back? Successful people don't take security like a joke. They don't joke with it, you know. They don't like people who pestered. Learn all those things. I told you two weeks ago, the king said, before you bring Daniel and all the wise men to me, 
take time to train them. That's how kings think. Before they bring you clothes, you have to be refined. So even if you have the opportunity to meet a king once, if you are not refined, you can't have a relationship with them. So that's the first thing. You have to learn relationship. You have to learn the language. You have to learn loyalty. <laughs> then don't make everything about money. That's what so many people don't know. That's what so many people don't know. I will say this. I want to call out somebody in this church. There was someone in, in our church. Oh my God. Table is about to break, but anyway. Anyway, I won't tell that story. But let me tell you another story of something, something I know. You know, there's a friend of mine, a young guy was in school, um, and he paid the guy's school fees. The guy, um, that's I think for a particular year, paid for a full year. Then the next year, I mean, the, the, guy, the, the guy is at home briefly, and he needs him to help him with his service. You know what this young guy does? He sent, before he even came to the office, he sent invoice. This is how much I will charge you. Says, I'm not saying don't charge for your service, but this guy covered your fees the year before. Some people, if you make things about money, all right, let me tell you something. Relationship is more important than money. There's a balance to this. Don't let them friends on you. There are some people that will friends on you. They can't pay you. <laughs> they, will, they will just be saying, are, you, no, are we not friends? That's not what I'm saying. No. There's a balance to this. But at the same time, learn to warm your way into the hearts of people. It is more important. Every great person... So um, I was listening to I.K. or Sako Dua, you know, top MC. He was talking about how um, a very influential person was inviting him to be the MC of his daughter's wedding. And he says, you know what? This discount you're asking for, no problem, I will give you, sir, on one condition. Just introduce me to your friends. Just introduce me to your friends. That's how the thing. Because you have to understand, uh -huh, just one money, you know, the money you can get short term is not as important as a long-term relationship. I've seen people do incredible things for people who worked for them and were loyal. I've seen people, my mom had a friend who had this driver. In fact, at some point, we forgot he was a driver. He was a family friend. You know, when his wedding came, they sponsored the entire wedding, gave him a car. You know, so with, with honor, with relationship, you can, that's something a lot of people actually need to learn. I'll tell you this one more story and then I'll move on. I, there was this barber I had. And I noticed he was very good. So I began to talk to Pastor K. I said, um, this guy is good. Can we get him a shop, you know, somewhere in Nikeja so that he can, you know, do this here, earn more money and all of that. I just wanted to do that for him on one hand and so that he'll be closer to save me when I needed him. 
said, okay, we're already planning it. This guy did not know. Now, I called him, you know, to give me a haircut. My father-in-law gifted me this nice, expensive clipper. As expensive as the clipper is, maybe not up to 30000 you know. Then, and that was the time I was relocating to Abuja. So he gave me a haircut. I went to Abuja confidently for my next haircut, opened my clipper back, and saw that he had put a broken clipper. He stole my clipper, put a broken clipper. Stopped picking calls. You know, and he didn't know that we were planning to do something awesome for him. I mean, for God's sake. I just went to the next supermarket, bought another clipper. My life moves on. But what about his own life? Some people are so shallow in their thinking. They can't think, that you can't see be, be, beyond your toes. That's the problem. <laughs> and you stole a clipper. And you can't even sell it at the price they got it. So they will say, especially if you want to do urgent sales because you stole it. <laughs> or you are using it in your shop in Igondo. How much are they going to cut? Do you think because you have fine clipper, they will charge you, you, you will charge more? No sense. <laughs> and that's, that's just the reality of life. So please, master relationships. Because even if you are anointed Daniel, you will still need to learn to serve pagan kings. The fact that you are anointed does not mean God will give you your own country. You are Joseph, you still serve Pharaoh. <laughs> you are Daniel, you still serve Nebuchadnezzar. You have to understand that. And so the laws of relationships will then apply. Then I want to say this. Some people have taught terrible things about borrowing. All right. Some people say as a Christian, you shouldn't borrow. And I just want to tell you, it is not true. If anything, there are more texts, you know, that prove that borrowing <laughs> is right than texts that prove that borrowing is not right. You know, many people just quote erroneously the text from Deuteronomy that says, and you shall lend to the nations and not borrow. But that was a promise, a blessing. He wasn't saying it's a sin, but he's saying the blessing that is go I'm going to give you in the promised land will be so lavish you would not need to borrow. So a time will come, yes, you won't need to borrow. But if you need to, should you do it? Yes. Yes. So, but a lot of people don't understand the principles. You see, borrowing will not work magic. If you have not mastered systems and operations, if you, were, if you are a small failure without money, you'll be a big failure with more money. That's the difference. And the, the creditors will be looking for you, they will arrest you. That's the only difference. But now, if you have mastered your operations, you already know you are making money, you know, but you need to scale up, maybe increase your offerings. Now, that's something that you can do. And this is another mistake a lot of people make. No matter how much faith you have in that business that you want to borrow money for, make sure that what you plan to pay back with is with the money you are already making. So, without prayer... With what you are already making on a monthly basis, in six months, in one year, you should be able to pay back that loan. Don't bank on the money that you are borrowing to pay back for itself. So that, I mean, when you invest it, 
if the business scales up fine, if it does not scale up fine, you will still be able to pay back. That's just a safety net. That's just a safety net. You know, in a country where you have more options like the US, where the government makes things easier for you, you can try. But in Nigeria, don't play games. You will end up in jail. <laughs> they will arrest you. That's just the thing. So, um, so I mean, so bear that in mind. All right? And the fact that you are borrowing does not even mean that you are against the will of God or you are not even going to see miracles. In 2 Kings chapter 4, from verse 1 to 7, the prophet told that widow, he says, borrow vessels. Borrow not a few. In fact, the extent of your borrowing should be the extent of your faith. <laughs> that's what, because it's when she found no more vessels, that's where the oil stopped. So you need to be more conscious of, you know, the leading of the Spirit and then your understanding of the procedures. All right? At the same time, I want to talk to believers who know how to borrow but don't know how to pay back. <laughs> I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. It's a very wicked thing. Have you seen people, when they are asking for the money, they can't do anything, roll on the floor, they will call you, they will promise heaven and earth. Then the first mistake is this. Now, maybe you even have a legitimate reason and you are not able to pay back. Why must it be the creditor who will call you first? Was it the one who called you to, to borrow you, to loan you the money? You called. You maybe even went to his house. And now he has to call you. They are asking you how far. Then you are, you, are now, you are now doing as if they are disturbing you. You are doing as if they are disturbing you. Oh my God. I, I, I think it's terrible. Well, the Bible says the wicked borrows and does not pay back. So if you borrow, Psalm 37 what? All right, it says the wicked borrows and pays not again. So listen, if you are listening to me, and this is you, you are wicked. It's a wicked thing. A lot of people do a lot of wicked things. Some will borrow and travel out. Ah, God is a judge. Stop playing games. And listen, you have to have enough honesty and integrity. Even if... Um, you can't, you, you, I mean, you need more time. First thing, don't allow the creditor call you first. As much as possible, don't give excuse over the phone. Ask to see. So first of all, open your books, show your processes, show, you know, how you spend the money and all of that, and then just ask for more time. Because even the best of us sometimes will make mistakes and then you're going to need more time. It makes no difference. But at the same time, don't allow them to start pursuing you. It's a wicked thing. As a believer, you should know better. All right? But at the same time, listen, if you have an opportunity to scale up your business, do it. Do it. Get financial advice. Do it. All right? Because when it all comes down to it, um, when you improve the excellence of your offering, the quality of your offering, and the options of your offering, you're going to make more money. The final thing I want to talk about as I pre prepare to round off is generosity. 
generosity. And I'm not just talking about generosity to the things of God, even though that's important. I want to talk about generosity also to the poor. Please incline your ears to the crying of the poor. As a child of God, you must. As a child of God, you must. All right, look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. It says, he that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed. He that giveth, for his, giveth of his bread to the poor. So he says, sorry, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed. I like this and I like the way someone interpreted this. He says, have an eye for generosity. So meaning, not just when people come and knock on your door to ask for stuff. Learn to just spot opportunities to be a blessing to people just surprise people once in a while all right and this does not contradict all the other principles i've given so when you separate money for saving separate money for investment you must separate money also for generosity so this is this is what i want to give you as an assignment have a percentage every month that you will save and then, of course, you are not saving just for saving's sake. You are saving so that you will have capital looking for investment opportunity. All right? And then also have an, an amount for generosity. You must have an amount for generosity. You must have an, an, an amount for generosity. So, learn to give to the poor. And then learn to give to the gospel as well. Learn to give to the gospel as well. You know another thing you should do with money? Learn to relax with money. The Bible says he gives all things richly for enjoyment. All right? That's in 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in money, which is unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives all things we need for our enjoyment. And this shouldn't be something to be taught. But because we live in a, a culture that walks people to death, have time to take a break. All right? I mean, it's in the Bible. Take time to regain your health. Regain your youth. All right? Don't um, some people buffet their health to make money, and then the last half of their years they now start using all the money they made to solve health problems. You develop health problems making money, then you now use all the money in the hospital. Makes no sense. So you must work in that balance. Finally, I just want to say, learn to give to God. The Bible says, "He that is." Touch you communicate with he that teaches in every good thing. All right. So you must have that mindset, that consciousness. Learn to support what is good. Especially when it comes to any ministry that you benefit from that is teaching the truth of the gospel by which you are being blessed. Learn to support generously. I'm going to pray for you. 
especially for your finances, for the wisdom of God to be manifest in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe in hard work, we believe in wisdom, and we believe in your power. You're the one who gave Joseph a dream, telling him of the kind of prominence you are going to bring him into. And you gave him the wisdom, the managerial skill, to make that dream a reality. I pray for the balance of both in the lives of everyone listening to me, that they will see miraculous visions, visions of the future, visions of the great things you will have them do, so that they will walk in clarity and not in darkness. They will know how to align themselves. They will know what to invest in. They will know what skills to learn and to acquire. And I pray for the stability and the maturity to put in the work so that they can manage and make sustainable what they receive supernaturally. Father, I pray for such a miracle amongst all our members and everyone under the sound of my voice. You are the one who put it in my heart to teach throughout this month what we have taught. For everyone who will practice what they've learned, let there be results to show in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, everyone who is overwhelmed by um, debts, I pray that by your wisdom, you're going to give them the ability, the capabilities, and the resources needed to pay off all those debts in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray also for everyone who is experiencing financial hardship. By your wisdom, they are recognizing new opportunities. New opportunities for increase. That their lack is turning to plenty. In the mighty name of Jesus, I prophesy for everyone whose heart will be open to receive this prophecy. Your lack is turning to plenty. And in that desert, you will see rivers. By the wisdom of God at work in your life and by miracles of favor where there was plenty. And the rain of abundance is falling on you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hey, you are investing in the right enterprise. You are learning the right skills. In the mighty name of Jesus, God is empowering you to recognize groundbreaking opportunity. In the mighty name of Jesus, your gifts are making a way for you. Your gifts will announce you. In the mighty name of Jesus, the hard work and the smart work needed to distinguish yourself, God has aided you to be able to put in the work. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, you're going out and you're coming in is blessed. You dwell in plenty. Wealth and riches are in your house. In the mighty name of Jesus, so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Give the Lord a shout of amen. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000 Blessings